summer's heating up, and so are the Marvelists. July brings out the best and worst of both universes. Avengers, look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yes, it's Marvel versus DC, and you won't want to miss any of it. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into our episode talking about the distinguished competition... What? We want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on social media. Okay. First off, go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at... The Marvelists. Give us a like, a follow, a handshake, a firm how-do-you-do. High-five. Crisp high-five. Thumbs up. Exactly. Two thumbs up. Two scoops ahead. Two scoops. No, Raisin Bran. Sorry. Yeah, good enough. Anyway, you can also find us on 
individual social media platforms. You can find myself at Peter Melnick Podcaster on Facebook. You can find myself at Peter Melnick on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. And can't shut up him, too, I guess. Exactly. You can also find Eddie on social media at... Eddie, 9193. And what social media platform? Instagram. IG, the good old... Follow, follow Eddie on the gram, people. The gram. The gram people. They sound like elderly people. They're the gram people. I'm not talking about artificial substances either. Okay. But you can find him on that social media platform. You can also go on a bunch of audio providers, including TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, among many others that can host RSS feeds. But listen to us available on all iOS and Android devices. And of course, go on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, and five star if you're ever so inclined. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever getting back together. I didn't think I'd do a Taylor Swift reference. But here we are. She looks like a raccoon. She'd be great as a live action well, love interest. Well, with you just getting your facial personality changed to female, I'm not surprised God, now with the Taylor Swift God reference. bless the Face App app. You can also be sure to go to wolverinepodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And use that code. What code is that, Eddie? That code. Marvelists. Guess. You can use that promo code, and when you do, you get one free month of Stitcher Premium, and you can cancel at any time if you want. But if you don't want to cancel, it's only $4.99 a month, which is also 499 pennies. It is. How many dimes is that, though? Uh... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 24 plus. Many. It's many dimes. But when you do, you help support the show, and you can listen to a plethora of audio content, including Wolverine, The Long Night, and Wolverine... The Lost Trail. Which is the most recent follow-up to Wolverine, The Long Night, and we recommend checking it out because it's Marvel's first serialized foray into podcasting. Most recent follow-up? There's only one follow-up. Stop it. Stop. You stop that. You stopped it (laughs) first. You stop that. But when you do, like I said, you're helping support the show, and yeah. So once again, you can cancel at any time, though, if you want, but we think you should stay. There's a lot of stuff on there that we do highly recommend checking out. So for Peter Melnick... (laughs) Because no one else is going to say that. (laughs) Uh, Now, guys, this month... Girls. Now, ladies and germs, this episode is going to be the beginning of our Marvel... Humanoids from the deep. This is our first episode of the Marvel vs. DC month, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. I hope so. Try. And I'm really partial to this because, believe it or not, I like DC. Some people out there think I'm not a DC fan, that I'm a DC hater. I really enjoy the stuff that they put out, and yeah, they're not going to have a perfect track record with their movies. I get that. There's a lot of good DC movies out there. But I enjoy them, and we're just. This episode is going to be more of us just talking about what we like about DC, and maybe what DC can learn from Marvel as well as other comic companies. So we're in a classroom, a little bit. Oh boy, we're going to get schooled. Well, the universe is our classroom, Eddie. Oh, no borders. Eddie's without borders. We're windows. Something. Yeah. Okay. We're all made of stardust, Eddie. Oh, whoa. Now, let's talk about our first experience with the distinguished competition. Collectively? Yeah. Okay. Well, I always find it funny. Tom King pointed it out. He goes, 
DC Comics technically stands for Detective Comics Comics. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard that before, sure. So it's on par with a uh, former contributor of The Marvelous, R.D. Reynolds of WrestleCrap Radio. R.D. was the real deal R.D. Reynolds, which stood for the real deal, real deal Reynolds. Redundant, redundant. That's That's what it is. That's how it works. You don't say. You uh, don't say. Like the band Talk Talk. Yeah, good group, actually. But Two Song Wonder. But I digress. Now, my introduction to DC back in the day was, of course, Batman 66 and Batman the Animated Series. I used to see a lot of uh, shows on WPIX, and they would re-air, before I started going to school, before I started kindergarten, they would show a lot of Batman 66. And this was around the same exact time of Batman the Animated Series. So at the same time, I'm watching a lot of these shows, and... Of course, you know, Batman with Kevin Conroy as the voice of Batman. Yeah, he's the Batman for a lot of people. But for me, discovering Adam West's run as the character, that made me fall in love with Batman. My first Batman experience, yes, or, the TV Mar- show. Or DC in general. Uh, that was that was it. Between, between Batman and the black and white George Reeves Superman TV show. Now, what about the comics? Later. I believe yours, though, Uh, were the war comics. My first DC comic books were the war ones from 1974, possibly uh, Weird War Tales and The Unknown Soldier. And it's always funny that DC did a phenomenal job on their war titles. But I didn't go past those, like to, you know, Sergeant Rock or The Losers, any other ones like that, Our Army at War. Right. Things like that. They just intrigued me in that way. And maybe it had the. I don't know the the skeletal component of that. Maybe it was the seeds of Halloween coming, uh, being sp- sprouted, planted in in myself. I don't know. It's possible, but for me, my introduction with DC with their comics was in 1992, I believe, with the death of Superman. And if you were a human being, you did not avoid that. It was impossible. Yes, to not have at least heard of it. Sure. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was believing, you know, I'm going to buy The Death of Superman, and guess what? I'm going to buy this book and get my kids to go to college with this. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll be able to play for part of their meal plan. It will not happen, people. Just just an FYI, because... They made too many. That is the problem with comics sometimes, because you do that, you make people believe, oh, we're going to make all this money off of this. That was not the case. Yet, you've heard more than one instance where not enough were made, a limited run. Whether it was intentional, budgetary, I don't know. Different times are going on. The, the what, late 90s, I guess, was somewhat rampant with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yet, you got into, what, the late 80s, I think, with the Marvel Comics, I'm, I'm crossing, Star Wars run... And the last several issues were, were limited also. So, you know, I can't break down the minutia of why it happened in that case. But still, it's just a lot of, hey, we're going to make these comic books and make so many of them, and you end up devaluing it in a lot of ways. You do. And it makes it lose its importance. And for me, you know, the death of Superman 
is straight up 90s cheese, but I love it. I love everything about it because it brings back warm, fuzzy memories of my childhood, of experiencing these characters for the first time. And I'm always going to be partial to that run of Superman. And being able to see these characters get their animated adaptations, for example. The Superman animated series from like 1996 is one of my favorite interpretations of the character. And I've always, maybe I've always been like the contrarian for a lot of things, but everyone loves Batman. I like Batman. Batman's a great character. Superman is so much better. <laughs> because, I'm sorry, there's this meme that has gone around for years. If you woke up as Superman, what's the first thing you would do? Go back to sleep and wake up and try and be Batman. Really? No. You, you want to be the mentally unstable orphan who, yes, is a multimillionaire, but dresses up as a bat and doesn't have any superpowers other than he's super smart with his detective skills. He's Batman. <laughs> I've, I've always hated that whole uh, lame thing of how can who will win in this fight? Spider-Man or Batman? Batman. Why? Because he's Batman. No. And you always, I've always heard this one too, that lame duck excuse of Batman can beat anybody if he's got an hour of prep time. Well, in a real fight, you don't have an hour of prep time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if somebody runs up to you, socks you in the jaw, you're not going to have, wait a minute, guys, guys, can we stop this fight for a second? I need to research my opponent. I will be right back. Walks away. I beat you. <laughs> no, you don't have an hour of prep time. But the idea of Superman, he's the moral compass, and we will be talking about how he is a moral compass in a very special episode coming up real soon. But Superman is the moral compass of the DC Universe. He's purity. He's just an all-around good guy. And yes, he's a goody two-shoes Boy Scout, but it's characteristics you admire in a human being that ironically come from an alien from outer space. And for how many years now? I believe 80. 80, yeah. And it's just the impact of that character. And he is the very first superhero for a good reason. Back to the uh, animated part of DC. I think the first and probably only that I've liked, enjoyed growing up were the Super Friends. Yeah, but the Super Friends was cheese. Good cheese. Like, Pre-90s cheese that you yeah. so uh, affinity have an affinity for. I mean, it's corny, but I love it. So it's got your vegetables in there, too. Okay. Stop that. N nice level of carbs. And Ted Knight. There's your voiceover. Meanwhile. Back at the Justice League. At the Legion of Doom. No. <laughs> I love the idea, though, of... There are so many different interpretations of these characters. And I've always found it funny as well that people will bitch, moan, and bellyache about Teen Titans Go. How can you have that? that? It's ruining the Teen Titans animated series from the 2000s that I only like because I'm a weeb. But they have that different interpretations of these characters. You can have the goofy Teen Titans because the other Teen Titans exist. You can have goofy Batman 66 and still have the dark, brooding Frank Miller Batman. Or the, I like the Christopher Nolan movies because they make me feel smart even though I'm a massive idiot because <laughs> Christopher Nolan makes movies for stupid people to feel smart. I, what? That's my hot take. Oof. But 
And I again, I like the Christopher Nolan movies, but I digress. I'm I'm gonna get my foot out of my mouth as I walk away from the microphone. Do that. Put your foot. Yeah, just yeah. yeah I don't know if that's away, far enough. Finding a way. Away. Jeez. That's yeah. I don't know. But the idea of how could they do this version? Well, easy. It may not be for you. Not everything is going to be catered for someone. And there are people out there that really love the Teen Titans Go interpretations of the characters. I understood the versions of the characters when I ended up seeing one day a clip of the Teen Titans talking to Darkseid. And Darkseid was voiced by Weird Al Yankovic. Whoa. And mm-hmm. it's one of the goofiest scenes I've ever seen. And it's just so over the top and funny that I got it. And I'm just, it made me a fan of that interpretation. And I, again, I like the 2003 versions of the characters, but there's just something about that level of comedy. I've, when I was growing up as a kid, I loved stuff like Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures. That was what I grew up on. And to see that, you know, that, st- that same style of humor in animation continue on, I dig that. I've seen very little of Teen Titans Go!, and it's definitely its its own take brand uh, portrayal. It might not be for you, but it's and for someone else. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait a minute, this is kind of not what you thought it was going to be, possibly. I think it smacks a little South Park-ish. In I term, mean, in some, in some in the juvenile in, humor. In mm. content-wise, um, not having seen very much South Park either, but it is definitely a different mindset, different generations- um, show well, it's probably South Park before it got preachy because South Park became a really preachy show, and I like South Park, but hood boy, hood boy. In the wake of Beavis and Butthead, and I yeah. love Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> it sounded a little bit like a Scooby Doo in there, but I'll take it. Same laugh, Beavis, Scooby Doo. <laughs> like zoinks. Love that Shaggy. Well, I know. Now, also, DC is very much well-known for their films. And, of course, like I said, you have the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. But for me, the best stuff that they ever really came out with was the Tim Burton Batman movies, which they're their own thing. Who are you? (laughs) I love the idea of how these characters are portrayed in the Tim Burton movies because they're not exactly the comics. Joker didn't kill Batman's parents, much to the chagrin of Tim Burton, but they're just fun movies and they're over the top and and just plain fun. And growing up in the 1980s, Eddie, you got to experience Batmania, I would imagine. Was it mania in the 80s? In 1989, where everything you, okay, you saw there you go. was that. Yeah, because that was, well, nothing really, I think, had come out yes. prior, prior to that in that big of a way, I don't think. You had you, Superman you had... and Star Wars. Yes, and on the on the other side of the coin border line. Is it Two-Faces coin? You kind of had, it could be. You had uh, the Spider-Man movie with Nicholas Hammond. I think that was it. That was a made-for-TV movie. A made-for-TV movie, right. But I'm saying about a superhero portrayal outside of a half-hour cartoon or such. Yeah. I just, I think the idea of going with those interpretations 
of Batman, of Superman. The Michael Keaton Batman and the Christopher Reeve Superman are some of the best interpretations of the characters that I've seen. And yeah, you have Henry Cavill, who for the most part is a decent Superman. He is decent. He's not the greatest Superman. But for what he was trying to pull off, it works in his own right. Yeah, I agree. And to be able to see that character on the big screen, when you saw when you saw Batman 89 for the first time, what did you think seeing that? I really enjoyed it. I mean, the thing some people might not have picked up right away was who the lead was listed as, Nicholson. Yeah, he wanted to have top billing and for then, that. And then you had Keaton in there. And you didn't think, Michael Keaton, Batman? Are you kidding me? Mr. Mom? Exactly. And yeah. um, it worked. It worked very well. Does that surprise you to see his interpretation? Well, when you watched him for the first time, were you one of those people that was kind of in disbelief? Really? Michael Keaton? Or yeah, you were like, you know what, I'll give him a chance. Initially, and then I was giving him a chance. Getting into the role, playing it up, being the brooding character, both as the Bat and Bruce. And isn't it funny that nowadays you see people go online, they get on their digital soapboxes and bitch moan bellyache about an actor getting a role. For example, yeah. Robert Pattinson recently. He's going to be Batman. And since we're the Marvelous, we really don't talk about DC stuff. This is our opportunity to talk about it. Oof, yeah. Because this is Marvel versus DC month. You know what? I've seen... I've, well, I've not seen him in anything, really. I don't know his body of work. I know he was in the Twilight movies, and he absolutely hated them. Fun fact. He only did them for a paycheck. He wanted the exposure, mm -hmm. and he regretted it. I've heard a story about when he was at he was at event, you know, an event, and the audience was, you know, swarming him, and they're yelling, "What was his name? Uh, Edward, Edward," because that's his character in Twilight. And then some oh. one fan, like he's just getting annoyed by all these fans, and one fan just yells, "Cedric," because he played Cedric Diggory in the Harry Potter movies. And he just goes, I will sign your things. Everyone else, no. Whoa. Because he liked that role, and he didn't care very much for Edward. Or the fans. Yeah. And they're very demanding and very their own kind of thing. The idea of Robert Pattinson playing this character, I've heard he is really good in the independent movies he did because he went on, you know, the record and is, you know, our... Audio engineer John had said, I believe he said it on an episode here, he goes, the character, you know, he stayed away from major Hollywood things because he was burnt out by the Hollywood system and he wanted to, you know, do independent films. And then he read the script apparently for this and he's going to go do a major Hollywood film. Do the indies give you a decent paycheck though? I don't know. Not really. I would imagine not really unless, you know, because it's independent. It's you're doing a smaller, you know, lower budget film. And can you afford to do that though? That's the question among others. Like why did we pick Marvel versus DC month? Cuz it was a it was a demand for it and maybe a woman too. I don't know. The idea of doing Marvel versus DC. Well, let's let's real quick. Let's go back over though to the uh, Robert, Robert Pattinson okay. thing. Okay. 
he's apparently good in the independent films that he's done over the past few years. And if that's the case, I'll give him a chance. I like the idea that this is going to be also... I, I think it's not going to be an origin, so we don't need to see Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot at again more times than 50 Cent. I like the idea that we're going to see something different. It's going to be supposedly a straight-up detective story. And it's it's cool to know that they're doing something different with this. And DC also, with the next year, we're also going to be seeing, I believe, the Joker film with Joaquin Phoenix. That's later this year. It's going to be New York Comic Con weekend as well. So that's going to be a fun one because mm-hmm. I have to get my ticket at a New York City uh, movie theater. So that'll be a fun weekend of me going to stay at the place I'm staying at, but going to a movie right beforehand. What can you do? I don't know. We're going to find out on a future episode of The Marvelists. With Peter Malnick and Eddie Wilson. They not end. <laughs> Excelsior. Oh, wait, the episode's not over. Nice. But. So you pulled that up to me on one episode prior. So. Well, I might have. But the idea of all these different interpretations of these characters, these reinventions of these characters, DC is very proud of that. They like going outside of the box with their films, doing something different. And sometimes it can be hit or miss. And I'm curious, Eddie, what should DC learn from the Marvel approach of films? And I'm not talking about Marvel with the Fox movies. I'm not talking about Marvel with the Sony movies. Although... They can really learn something now of Spider-Verse. But, of course, what are they going to do with their answer to Spider-Verse? Apparently it's going to be an animated Batman movie, which... Stop going to the well with Batman. I'm tired of everything Batman. I like the character. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want to see another Batman movie for a little while. Yeah, no, you went that way with uh, the Lego Batman. And that movie was not that good. To be completely honest, it was not that good. It was an okay movie. Zach Galifianakis was a good Joker, which is a weird sentence to say. But it was it was okay at best. Anyway, Eddie, what should what should DC learn from Marvel? I don't know. I don't think it's a it's not having the right budget going into well, they it. Have the money. So that's not really calling it into question. Sustaining characters, maybe? Going with uh, different kinds? Yeah. I'm in agreement. Possibly. Uh, do you need to flesh out more of an origin on any particular individual? I'll give you an example of why I feel the way I do about this. I love them for what they do with a lot of these characters. And unfortunately, for the most part, they do have a reliance on, hey, let's go with Batman. I bought a Superman shirt once, and they had a misprint on it, but it was really appropriate with everything because inside, you know where the, the size tag is? Yeah. It has a Batman logo in it. Oh. On a Superman shirt. Uh-huh. So it's almost like you're always continually reminded Batman is our character. <laughs> and I understand that. I understand Batman is a great character, but the thing is... If you want to showcase other characters, you should. And I always go with this as my go-to example. 
Marvel did a game with Telltale Games. And I've told this story on a previous episode, but once again, Stan Lee theory of any episode could be someone's first, true believers. Well, this is somebody's first, probably. Maybe it's a DC fan that's listening. Who knows? Mm, thank you for being there. But when Telltale Games partnered up with Marvel, they made a game, and Telltale Games partnered with DC to make a game. Marvel, or DC, their game was Batman. What a shock. Uh, you couldn't have done the Green Lantern Corps. You uh, couldn't have done Wonder Woman. You couldn't have done Aquaman. You could have done so many others. Marvel. Hey, guys, uh, so you want to do like an Iron Man or Captain America movie or game? You want to do maybe a Spider-Man game? No, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wait, Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. We want to do a Guardians of the Galaxy game. You sure about that? You can do maybe Hulk? No, no, Guardians. Oh, so you want to do a game with the talking raccoon and the tree? Yeah. Okay. It was a fun game. <laughs> but Batman, on the other hand, was... Oh, Batman. Differentiate your characters. Pull some deep cuts. I don't care. I would watch Challengers of the Unknown movie. Hmm. I would watch that. Give us that. Don't give us Batman all the time. Give us a good Superman movie. Because Superman has had a pretty bad track record... Since Superman 3 onward. Yeah, that kind of uh, was going into the well too many times, I guess. And it's just a lot of bleh. But Eddie, what do you think yeah, they yeah. should do? Um, yeah, re-examine and you know, pull some other characters. I mean, just trying to think who could possibly be, at least in the comic book circle, uh, Booster Gold. I was going to say that. I absolutely agree. Has been Booster Gold is a phenomenal character that not many people talked realize. about. Cosplayed, um, I've seen it shows. So yeah, but does the average movie-going person know who Booster Gold is? Probably not. But as we've seen in other movies, so what? You establish who it is in there. It's a it's it's somewhat of a risk for yes. The band the band yes. No, <laughs> not the band no either. Boo. And maybe tie it in, have it be connected to one of the more known stars, but but that that much make that major star be a cameo kind of thing, right? Yeah. And then you've and you've got a footing and an establishment of another uh, connected character. But, so you could do that. Um, take takes uh, what's it? What's it called? Off the uh, off the sh off the TV show Legends of Tomorrow, Firestorm. That, that's an interesting one. Why, I was why, a, I was a Firestorm fan in one of the early iterations, and then saw some of it in some of the character in um, Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, why not? And I'm not sure what exactly drew me to that. The fire. The fire. It, must it goes been. through a lot of cones. It wasn't through a Ghost Rider connection, but uh, yeah, Firestorm. I like how you ignored the line of, he goes through a lot of cones. <laughs> That was a robot chicken joke from when they did the DC Comics episode. And, and that's why I had no clue. It's such so, a... Okay. Yeah, but still, the idea, he goes through a lot of combs. You get the joke, his head is on fire. <laughs> you don't You don't need to know the source of the reference, okay. sir. Okay. Because I didn't I don't understand combs. Combs, cones, I don't know. I An ice cream fan, I don't know. Look, Eddie, I used to be fat. I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll going to that now, sure. Although I did have the Stranger Things ice cream at Baskin Robbins recently, <laughs> the SS butterscotch, so so good. Oh, so good. Oh no, so so. That's what the SS means. I, mm. You never know. It's exactly right. So but, yeah, there's another one. Um, 
I'm trying to remember who else I had collected kind of early, uh, early on. Some of these characters, I mean, I do see I do see Green Arrow to a degree as a uh, as a co- as a character cosplayed Black Canary. Okay. Yeah. But again, I I just feel they don't realize all of this great content they have and they're just wasting it away. Yeah, they're not I guess they're not making the the jump from TV to big screen. TV, they TV they're whooping. They're kicking it, killing it. I would say, yeah. But there's a lot of really great characters that they're just ignoring. And I would love to see an Arrow movie. But obviously not with Stephen Amell. Do something different. Give us a different actor. Although there are fans out there that'll be like, Why, how could you say that against Stephen Amelli? Amelli? <laughs> Easy. Just go with somebody else. Because you're not going to always have these versions of the characters. Yeah. You're not going to have that because sometimes... TV should just stick with TV. Yeah, and, then you get, and then if it would work, I don't know, you give the movie Arrow blonde hair and a blonde goatee, I don't know, to make closer to the comic book if you think you need to. Sure. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of you can't do this, I am in agreement. You, some versions you don't need to do. No. And you might bring in Green Lantern with Green Arrow. Like the comic. Hey, hard traveling heroes. Hey, you know, maybe. I would be all for that. Has it been thought of? I don't know. I've, oh, I would not doubt it. Mm -hmm. I would not doubt that because they, it's considered one of the best, you know, interpretations of the characters. So, together. That was an early DC comic of mine, actually Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Really? Yeah. Did you, now that I recall, did you have any of the Neil Adams ones growing up? I. No, I'm trying to think what that what he ran up until. I do remember getting the reprint of the Neil Adams stuff, which did suffer some damage. You still read them in the floods of 2011. Yeah, I did. I did. And that's, when I, that's when I was reading and catch and being caught up at the same time. Ooh, long time ago. And remember, Eddie, what was sitting in your collection that got water damage too? That you paid cover price for? Oh, uh, New Mutants mm-hmm. 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's signed now, mm-hmm. so the value has come mm-hmm. up, I believe. <laughs> Fabian. Mm-hmm. No, no Liefeld yet. No Liefeld. Nothing with Liefeld. One day with Liefeld. It's the tune in for the episode. One day with Liefeld. Oh wait, we aired that. Yes, we did, and we might have one again. You never know. Okay. Kayfabe. Just need an address. The other thing, I, I also think the reason they won't cast over the television actors is because it's a little bit of confusion for the movie-going audience. Wait a minute. Why is Superman looking like this in this version, but he's talking to Oliver Queen, who's the TV version, but they have a Superman on there. <laughs> Head explodes. Like scanners. Like scanners, okay. Just the idea, it would be too confusing for John Q. movie-going public, which is a really long name. It's Scandinavian. Yeah, they got to work on that. Which I believe is Swedish still, but... Yeah, Swedish. In the pot. In the boot. My favorite thing was they made a Swedish chef cereal in like the 1980s and they were supposed to call it Stupid Flakes. No. Yeah. But General Mills said, no, we do not want to call our cereal Stupid Flakes. Nobody's going to buy it. I would have. They think they they make you less intelligent if you consume them. Yeah, maybe. It's worth it. It's worth it. So, I just... 
DC needs to learn from that. And a lot of people say, what should Marvel learn from DC? And I would say learn from their animation, but learn from their animation from the 1990s to at least the mid-2000s. Go with that. Go with the Paul Dini, Bruce Tim era of Batman and Superman. Go with the early direct-to-video animation because once you get stuff like Bad Blood, that era of Batman, that's when it falls off. I'm not a fan whatsoever of that. It's a wannabe anime style to it, and it just does not translate that well. And I feel going over to the DC animation... You look at Batman 92, or Batman the Animated Series, you look at Superman the Animated Series, and they're gorgeous-looking things to see. The fact that they re-released Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray is a testament of how well that series was back in the day. And that was just re-released? Uh, yeah, like uh, last we, year. Okay. I got a copy of it. I When I saw that it was coming out, I was like, yep, we're getting this right now. And get it right now that very moment I did. Mind you, have I watched much of it? Not really. But, <laughs> hey, you have an enormous well, amount of things to I read. Know, I, I have so, a lot to watch. That was a sympathetic, I have a lot to watch also, but that was a sympathetic understanding and so on board with you. And, and being totally non-exposed to any of the anime stuff, animated, anime, anime, something like that, all across the board. I appreciate you. Out of that, I, I, could be the soon, the, the, one of the newer overused phrases but I appreciate you. Yeah, well, that you do. might hear that you might hear. I don't mean it on this particular moment, but in general. How dare you, sir? No, that's okay. But in, in any tone of voice. <laughs> how dare you, sir? See? All right. That's the same one as you can say. I did say it like that. Same as it ever was. And there's your talking heads. John, be sure to include the talking heads and reference. And the days go by. Once in a lifetime. Letting the days go by. Anyway, I would say learn from Joel does. Maybe learn from DC of how to do a video game, because there are oh, a yeah. lot of great Marvel video games, but not amazing. The closest we've gotten is Spider-Man for the PS4, but you look at the Batman Arkham games, and they're just straight up master courses of what you should do for a video game hmm. nowadays. Okay. Although I do find it funny that back when Deadpool came out for the PS3 and Xbox 360, oh, it's a repetitive button masher. Huh. But Arkham Asylum isn't, right? So I guess that's a yes. Sarcasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we do have sarcasm on this planet. And here it is. And there it was. There it goes. Going, going. Garbanzo beans. Delicious. Uh. I would also say, in many ways, maybe nowadays DC could learn animation better to do better animation from uh, Marvel with Spider Verse. Spider Verse is again just one of the best interpretations of Spider Man on the big screen, and the fact that movie is still it's considered the lowest grossing Spider Man movie. Did you hear about that? Yes, but it still has an impressive number to it. Eh, it's I think three hundred and fifty million. Yeah, yeah. Compare that. Compare that to the other ones, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where I believe this will get a billion. Uh, Far from home will get a billion, but 
Into the Spider-Verse should have been a billion-dollar movie. It's true. The next one could very well be. It had to break the wall, perhaps. Yes, Chris Jericho. Break the walls down. Mm-hmm. He's awakened from a deep sleep. Y'all reek. Anyway, the rest <laughs> of his theme song. I'm just curious what we could see with the future of DC because now we're hearing they're not going to be doing the DCEU. It's going to be different movies of different universes. Joker is not going to be connected to any movie. It's going to be a one and done kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Maybe so they don't look bad if it doesn't do well. Right. And they don't have to try to pick up the threads or restart. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be the equivalent of an Elseworlds movie. Okay. Elseworlds being the, like, DC's version of a Marvel what if. Ah. Alternate timelines, different dimensions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, see, I knew them as the opposing logo to DC on any one of their, well, it was it was a comic, you know, a line of different things. Yeah. Um, different storyline, perhaps. So, yeah. But the idea of all these different interpretations, it's just, it's very appropriate that DC is just doing their own hard relaunch of everything. And DC is, as much as I hate to say it, they are the kings of catching up. They want to play catch up. And they have to learn that sometimes taking your time is the best way to go. Marvel did not really hit its stride with the Marvel Cinematic Universe until maybe the sixth or seventh movie. Hmm. Think about it. Did you really hear a lot of people talking about those movies until Avengers? Well, then that would be the sixth movie. Yeah. Yeah. The first Avengers movie, right. You didn't really mm-hmm. hear much people. Like, people were like, yeah, Iron Man's really cool. Captain America's really cool. And then everything got mashed into one. You're like, oh, this is something special. Because now, okay, now we're off to the races. You just had to get all the players in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, I feel, the biggest mistake of the DCEU because what happened with those? They all didn't make it to the starting line, I think. Everything had to be rushed. And that drove me absolutely nuts. It just wasn't you, though. For sure. No. And it's a shame because they should have done so much more but didn't. And I feel like in a way we're like doing like a mini eulogy to the DCEU, but... Oh, well. I'd like to see more. I'd like to see something happen because... I like what they do. For the most part, they're trying something. They're trying something different. But when you're playing catch-up and you're wanting to beat the opposition, do your own thing. Don't copy. Don't imitate. Innovate. That used to be the slogan for the X Division in TNA Wrestling, but (laughs) I realize I did that. I apologize. I totally over my head. Mm -hmm. You're completely... Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. Kept all my hair intact, too. <sighs> I think this is going to wrap up this episode, though. But We do, though, um, just on a side note. Uh, like DC? Yes. Put postings up this month, of course, especially. Instagram, Facebook. And there'll be more as we get through the month of July. 
and just just to show okay as a as a kind of fun little thing because recently the the holiday ornaments came out in somewhat in mass and uh several on DC and Marvel have come out more coming later this year in October. What doesn't um, say Merry Christmas like Thanos? I know, right? Now, so you have to have a themed tree and maybe go to a second one now <laughs> in Norden amount. Here we go. Of Christmas trees. Uh, decorations, yeah. But there'll be soon a, a DC and Marvel uh, different albums that have been out and maybe some uh, bobbleheads too or, or f- some figures in general. And some of the some of the big comics that we've seen that have been put together, I mean, it's nothing really new of DC and Marvel getting together in one publication. Yeah, they haven't done anything since 2003. Well, whether one or the other company did that, I made note of uh, the recent posting with um, Superman and Spider-Man. Right. Which says on the top, DC and Marvel present. But in the upper right corner, it says it's Marvel Treasury Edition, as to put that out. And, you know, you don't have to go to an Amalgam Comics to, to see that, although we we do. We, we've seen that as well in the late I love mid, the Amalgam 90s. stuff. And I honestly have just cracked the surface, like we had a recent Mutant Monday posting with Storm as Wonder Woman. Sorry, Aurora as Wonder Woman. Okay, Aurora Monroe, Wonder Woman. And there is a Diana Prince character in there. And just so hard... To, to comprehend a character that you thought you knew in one way. I thought only. I knew you. And You're now, different. And now in such a totally different role that, and I know there's some kind, there, there is some kind of order, but I don't think that you have to take each issue and say, okay, where does it go from here? It was just you as the reader being dropped into this storyline and you can't pay much attention to what's coming next. Yeah. There is kind of a reading order to this. And I believe it's to read the first three issues of the uh, DC versus Marvel and then go through the Amalgam stuff and then come back to issue four. And then I think you get to the uh, DC slash Marvel uh, access and then unlimited access. So there could be... Access denied. (laughs) Upwards of 24 titles, books, maybe up to 36. I believe uh, I have and had gotten... um, given to me actually and him recently said you still haven't read those yet so I've started started on those so yeah I think like I said I think this is going to wrap this episode up so feel free to add to that if you would in your in any general comments you might have and say where'd this come from but just earlier again mentioning the combinations um, I, I originally thought that 82 was the first DC Marvel compilation with X-Men and New Teen Titans but apparently with these Treasury Editions, 81 was that start that I know of. Oh, I think even before that, and I think it's 1975. Right. With um, a rendering, because I have a different one. It's not the more valuable one, but it is a Treasury Edition size of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Which had both names on it. In fact, I believe referencing an issue, uh, an issue, an episode of Comic Book Men, someone had brought that in or that was shown in, in that episode to be worth some amount of money. That, that that I believe was the first putting together of the two the big two in comic books right hmm. alrighty courage but this is the final time I'm going to try and close up the episode third <laughs> time's a charm lucky charms good cereal for the marvelous I'm Peter Melnick and I'm Eddie Wilson 
Excelsior!